Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. And pay if you want one for four and a half for 15 years, this is what you're going to do. It all becomes commoditized. Commodities. Um, how much personalization is there in the mortgage world? Because I have to imagine it's more than just becoming and buying and selling a, a mortgage on a market. Well, um, not enough, in my opinion. Uh, I think that's why we've seen, you know, over the last several years, let's go back 15 years, where um, brokers were ruling the world. Brokers, I think, offer a much better service than lenders or banks, big banks do. And then when we had the crash, a lot of the brokers and uh, other personalized parts of the business got slammed and everybody went back to banks. And now they're going back to brokers because they're looking for the service again. The service is really the personalization of a, um, you know, anybody's transaction that goes with a, um, a real estate where we keep clients for long periods of time and we help. We just did a transaction for a client who needed quick money and he went out and got, we got him a private loan. And then soon after we helped him get an equity line that replaced that. And then he's going to do another transaction later in the year. And all of this all plays into his personal um, goals, you know, leading towards retirement. Um, Another client is selling a house uh, but they can't afford the new house that they want to buy without selling that house. So we're doing three transactions for them and and it achieves their goal. So everybody's a little bit different. And I, and I think that's where the, unfortunately, banks get it wrong. I mean, we just heard recently that uh, a big bank, and I don't like slamming big banks, but or by name, but in general, they're cutting back on doing subprime loans. What I mean by subprime loans are subprime borrowers, anything under like a 680 score. And they've just said, we're not going to do them anymore. Um, they're going to price them out or they're just um, going to decline them or slow the process down and you get frustrated. So I think brokers really add the personalized um, you know, aspect of the mortgage business to the client where big banks don't. I, But it's, it's too general of a question. Um, to just say what's the, just like you were saying, you give general information. You can't just say that's where other gurus out there that they claim to be gurus. They, they say, this is what you should do every single time. It's just too general. There's not enough personalization in the uh, real estate business, but we're trying. You know, what's interesting that I see from your industry. I get a lot of questions from the public. Things like, should I pay off my home loan with investment funds? Can I get a mortgage when I'm retired? Um, should I just count on doing a reverse mortgage when I retire? When should I sell my mortgage and get a new mortgage? Because that's essentially what you're doing, right? right? When you're refinancing, you're selling your mortgage off and buying a new one. Hopefully, maybe at a lower cost or you're taking money out of the house. Um, another question but I get you a lot, should, but bi-weekly a, mortgages. Yeah, but, but quite honestly, these are the questions that should go to someone like you as, to, as opposed to a real estate uh, person. 
I right? like this, I, a CPA, CFP, you know, financial advisor type of person is m- more of the personalization that we've been hoping to see yeah. in the industry where you ask, where you can ask the, answer that question, should I get a reverse mortgage or should I get an equity line? Should I retire in this home or should I cash out and then go and, and rent? I mean, these are the questions. These, this is more of the, the end of life or end of your career type of questions that we see more often. And when I said we're not seeing enough of that, there's not enough education out there. Um, it's more advertising than education, unfortunately. I would agree with that statement. I think that's pretty well said. It's more advertising than education. A lot of people want to do business with you. Um, when I say you, I'm not talking about you, Tony, but the average person out there, they want to do business with because there's a transaction. And typically in real estate, when there's transactions, there's there's big commissions in California. Um, and people want a bigger commission versus a smaller commission, so they move to California. <clears throat> What's interesting for me is that it is more advertising than education out there. A lot of people have questions about real estate, and yet a lot of people are blindly saying, you know, um, I, I need to be in this area. I don't know why, but I need to be in this area. But I have a question. Should I pay off all my mortgages before <laughs> I retire? I'm like, well, why do you think you need to be in the area if you don't have the answer to that? And for instance, I'm, you know, getting older and as I get older, I'm like, there's no, there's a good chance I'll die with mortgages and I'm okay with that because I have enough assets to cover them for my spouses and my heirs. If need be, if I die, when I die, but do you remember the day and age, like you probably grew up with this, you're, you were expected to buy one house and one house only. And you got that mortgage payment book that lasts for 30 years. So you count the tickets. It's over 300, right? I remember those. And the mortgage, you were supposed to stay there for 30 years, but that's kind of a fallacy now. It's it's, it's really not the same. So uh, when you buy a home, you're not really expected to live in it forever and ever anymore. Um, no, but it 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 is something you can't transfer your mortgage. That's something that we... A lot of people in the industry wish we could kind of do, is tra- although we would lose transactions, but um, you are transferring the equity and... You know, so it's it's not you're not losing anything by moving from one house to the other. So I think as long as you can say I ha- have a primary residence, it doesn't matter where it is. I mean, uh, I, I, does that make sense? Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I've recently taken a look at a friend of mine that I work with her 401k and I ask her just some brief questions because a lot of people aren't ready for hard financial questions and she's going to work till the day she dies is what it comes down to or that was my advice to her start saving a little bit more money she had about forty thousand dollars that's not enough not enough at her age 10 years left to go up what you're up what you're putting in hope for really bad markets and then a rally right when you want to retire. So you can buying things cheap, right? So one of the things I do, because I know it's tough to get started, is I listen to conference calls. And it used to be my favorite thing to sit on an Apple conference call and hear people like Steve Jobs talk or Bill Gates talk from Microsoft. Remember, I grew up at a time where technology was really starting to stretch its legs. So the one that I, I recently saw some notes on is Pulte. Now, you know Pulte from their home builder, right? I wrote down a couple thoughts during the executive's talk. One comment was December orders were down 4%, but improved relative to October. Very, very tough comparison, they said. 
but down. Another thing they said was that they've seen softening across all buyer groups due to affordability pinch. Okay, now we're talking. Negative media coverage of real estate doesn't help. So they're blaming people like me for stopping people like you from buying a new home. And all I'm saying is the higher interest rates have hurt affordability. And millennials have so much debt that it makes their head spin. So they've been a little bit slower to engage and like, let's just buy a home now. Millennials have lived through two massive recessions and their trust necessarily isn't that strong in the system, in the man. Remember when you had to work for the man, right? So Pulte also said they're a big home builder. They said improvement in January traffic is widespread across all markets, which leads to slight optimism for the spring selling season. But they said no comment on January. They think there's a moderation in price appreciation. That'll help. And they continue to see some wage growth out there. And they don't want any more surprise rate hikes. They, they want the, the Federal Reserve to be done. So that's what they're saying. And again, a publicly traded company comes to the microphone every 90 days and has to tell the truth. In theory, truth is a funny concept. Sometimes they show you what they want to show you. So the conference calls are always great to listen to if you get a chance to listen to the analyst questions, which come at the very, very end. Because people will say, okay, you just gave us a nice 45-minute press release, phone call, on how great your company is and how you weathered the storm. And some jerk of an analyst will say, so what's the currency translation? How are you guys doing in currency? What's the, what's the issue in Asia-Pacific or in the U.S. versus Asia-Pacific? How's the, the tariffs doing on you? So the analysts give you a really good overall tone, in my opinion. I say that a lot. It's one of my crutches. Um, shades of kind of a wintry gray on the market right now. There's a big polar vortex. Do you remember when you were a kid? Polar vortex sounded like intimidating. There's a polar vortex hitting the U.S. right now. It's cold. It used to be, let's buy some coal stocks. It's cold, so let's buy coal. Or let's watch natural gas go higher as people fire up their furnaces. So every three months is earning season. And I got to say a big one is going to be Apple. Um, they've hit some tough times. And, again, did they raise their price too much too often to the consumer? And are their services robust enough? It's, it's not tough to analyze Apple because they're so big. It's tougher to analyze and hit the smaller companies because they're a lot more nimble. But today we deal with the bankruptcy filing of a utility. And then tonight we'll move on to... What does Apple have to say about China? And then tomorrow will be something new. So that's out there. Every single day, there's something new that comes around. The IMF cut its 2019-2020 global growth forecasts. And when they do that, you could probably expect less returns on your portfolio. It's not bad global growth, 3.5% for 2019, 3.6% for 2020. China reports their GDP on a regular basis, and it's something you have to watch. Although, 
I'll be honest with you, I don't trust the Chinese reporting. I don't trust the the pseudo quasi government slash business relationship. So, but what they're showing us recently is the slowest growth since 1990. Now, you go back in time. What was happening in 1990? That's a long time, right? So, for China to go back to 1990, what is that? 10, 20, I need my abacus. 29 years, 30 years almost. Important events, the reunification of Germany. Whoa. Right? The Human Genome Project had a formal beginning in 1990. Didn't finish till 2003. So, if you go back to 1990, what I'm trying to get at is it's a long time since China's been growing this slowly, right? Is that fair? Um... Anyhow, a lot of pop culture in my head. I'm not coming up with much in 1990 other than the reunification of Germany. Um, yeah, I don't really have it. Ghost was a big movie. Home Alone. Dances with Wolves. Man, that, that was a, a long movie. That's one like you need two tubs of popcorn, right? The Nintendo Game Boy cost $89 back in 1990. Okay, that's all I got. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Some other things that we're looking at right now. China's slowing down. The IMF is cutting expectations. It's kind of interesting because if we do go back 20 years, I paid a lot of attention to Bank of Japan. Now, I, I don't even look at the Bank of Japan. Even when they come out with something and they're like, inflation, inflation, Will Robinson, inflation. It's just not there. It's just not that important. The ECB, I kind of like. The European Central Bank and the European Union. I'll miss it if they break up. I'll miss it when Greece goes into bankruptcy. or Italy says we got too much debt. Oh, that's the NBC signal. Uh-oh, someone's going to get fired. So, um, the European Central Bank is important to me. Why? Uh we used to see numbers out of France and out of Germany. And this is just a bigger set of numbers. Right? So these are things that I'm looking at right now on the big picture. Now, then you, you can start drilling down and seeing things like Apple. But the big picture hits Apple, too, right? With China and slowing down. A lot of pundits are talking this time of year. You've got a president that may or may not have some issues, legal issues coming. How do you handle that if you're Wall Street? Wall Street likes the demon known, not the demon unknown. And he may be the very first president to ever pardon himself, if that's possible. And Rudy Giuliani will come out and say, well, sure, it's possible. A president could definitely, uh, but yes, yes. Well, let me look into it. <laughs> like, what did he just say? He said he could, but then he's going to look into it, but he could. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting 2019, right? I know the calendar is barely a month old, uh, but these are the issues that we're focusing in on. We have a good economy. The employment report comes out the first Friday of every month. 
And I'll be honest with you, I like it. There's enough jobs out there. Now, again, there's, not, there's some things that are called full employment. Like my radio station sometimes will give me a producer who they only want to work 23 hours or only want 20 hours, but the dude wants to work 40. In fact, he wants to work 60. So there's something called underemployment, and that's a bit of a problem in the United States. But the overall number of jobs and job openings, we're doing okay. I look at commodities. I used to look at commodities a lot closer. Now I just look at like crude oil, like what range has it been in? Is it the high end? Is it the low end? I look at the dollar. And for instance, just real stick quick, let's go backwards. I care about crude oil. I don't care as much about natural gas. I care about gold a little bit. I don't care at all about silver, but I really care about copper. Copper is an industrial commodity, uh, an industrial metal. Silver has a couple industrial uses, so it does tie to some economic activity, but it's really jewelry. So that ain't my kind of thing. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I started by talking about one of the big trends and the big five or six tech companies that are thinking about streaming so they can get you on a subscription. Subscriptions are very, very profitable. And they're, they're easy to understand as an analyst or as an investor. So I, I hit the big ones there. Then I went over some of the trends, and I kind of blew through the trends a little too fast. So I feel a little bit bad about that, but it is what it is. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to apologize for that. Esports is where I kind of left off. And people, this freaks me out to say out loud, people will pay to go watch people at an arena play video games. It's freaky. The NBA has uh, Esports League. I don't know if the NFL does, but I think they do, where you can actually get paid. There's scholarships now to be a gamer at colleges. Um, so if you're good with your fingers and you got fast twitches and like you can kill people with a shotgun, blow to the face, but it's a video game. Uh, you could be in to become an e-athlete, an electronic athlete, right? I know an attorney from USC who started an e-sports League. He's the commissioner of a league that basically it blows my mind. This is a market that'll be $1.6 billion by the year 2020. Um, and if you look at like some video games, uh, League of Legends and stuff like that, you'll see 20,000 people in these arenas cheering for their favorite players. It's pretty surreal. So the gaming trends that I wanted to hit on growth in esports. More time being spent playing games. It's been averaging about 4% more each year for the last 15 years. That's amazing consumption. Society has changed the way they think about the ubiquity of technology, and we're in. You're seeing more female gamers. You're seeing more gamers growing at, at double digits sometimes. And you're seeing it being treated like a business, which is kind of nice to see. Now, investing in video games gets a little bit tricky because you can go with so many different directions. There is a video game tech ETF, and it's got a great ticker symbol, Gamer, G-A-M-R. Um, so that's out there. But its top holdings are some companies that you may not even know 
companies like Gravity and G5 Entertainment and Capcom and MicroStar. So that may be too much risk for you. You may want to keep it a little bit simpler and go with the big names that, like the Amazons, will have a play here or an Apple will have a play. Or you may want to go with Electronic Arts or Activision or Take-Two. Take-Two, Al Gore, when his wife got mad, Tipper Gore got mad at Rockstar Games for um, Grand Theft Auto, probably three, I don't even know. She said, you know, it's inappropriate for our children to be playing this game because the game, get this, you would take like hardcore drugs. You when you got hurt, you'd do things like maybe hang out with a lady of the evening. You'd open a door, you'd close, there'd be a sound or something like that, and your health went back up. They didn't give you med kits. They didn't give you like shots to like boost your energy. No. Your power-ups were love or something close to love. And Tipper Gore's like, that's inappropriate. I was like, that's going to make a lot of money. It wasn't the game that got my attention. It was her saying kids shouldn't do this because you know what kids will do? They'll do it. Anytime you get an adult telling a kid not to do something, they'll do it. Kid eats his boogers. You say, don't eat your boogers. It's gross. He thinks they taste like sugar. He didn't even hear what you said. They're sugar boogers. So other investments could be like an AMD or an NVIDIA where they make the semiconductors that power these virtual reality worlds. Um, Grand Theft Auto, it looked like L.A. I mean, it, the, the recent one, the Red Dead Redemption, your horse has genitalia. You could see it. And when it's cold, it gets smaller. I'm like, that's a lot of detail. It's pretty insane. So AMD, NVIDIA, Activision Electronic Arts, Take-Two. There's companies in uh, Asia like Tencent. Um, I see someone trying to acquire the, the smaller publishers that are doing well. Keep in mind, Fortnite now is a two-year sensation that's pulling in $2 billion, $3 billion this calendar year on selling virtual clothes, which, man, Barbie missed, messed up, right? You used to actually have to go to the store and buy Barbie real clothes. Why not just make virtual clothes? So it's going to be up to you to figure out the best ways to invest in technology, because the one thing about this is sometimes it's hit-driven and sometimes there's misses. So the, the names like Facebook is could be a player, but not for me. Activision Blizzard has franchises like Call of Duty and World of Warcraft. They've been acquiring app companies like King Digital. So they forayed into emerging businesses like eSports. But like I said, they're kind of a legacy company. Take two, they've when, the moment they announce the next Grand Theft Auto, people are going to lose their mind. The moment they put a video out of like, here it comes. So Take-Two pulled in over $2 billion in the last 12 months of revenue. And they have a ton of cash. Then you have Electronic Arts as a gaming stock. Um, I'm kind of running out of ideas. Uh, Turtle Beach, which makes headsets that, that are awesome. Um, they're a play. Logitech is a play on the, on the mice and the keyboards and the, the uh, headphones as well. Um, so go back and look at some of these names and see how you would have liked to have those runs.